This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I already said that, but you know, just in case you forgot, my name is Amy. I'm a recovering sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm excited that you're here with us today, episode 28. Um, This is our Women's Messages Part 2. If you remember, just a few episodes ago in episode 24, I shared with you some of the messages from women that I had recently attended a retreat with. Uh, Here in my area, we do women's retreats every six months, and we get together and we talk about step work and recovery and all those wonderful things, and we share and connect and spend some time together talking about what it's like to be a woman in sex addiction, and uh, they've been an incredible strength and an incredible part of my recovery. I'm really grateful for that opportunity I have to spend time with these women. I shared messages with you from three of the women at the retreat last time, from Becky and Candice and Emily. And I have three more that I would like to share with you today, from Liberty, from Sarah, and from Pamela. These women are amazing. I am really grateful for their example in my life and for their support in my own recovery. Um, They're going to share with you some of the things that have helped them to stay in recovery and some of the things that they got out of our time together for the retreat. So I'm super excited to to start with that. We're going to start with Liberty. My name's Liberty and um, I am enjoying four months of sobriety and I'd like to share the first important tool that I learned uh, as I started coming the one thing that really helped me to continue in working the steps and um, admitting to myself that I was an addict is having had relapses and having shame and wanting to isolate each time I come back uh, no matter what my emotional state is I'm always welcomed, I'm always encouraged to come back, and I'm always shown that I'm loved. And I think that was huge for someone who was not quite sure how to put into words their own story and how to start working on the change. Knowing in my mind I had to change, I didn't know what steps to take, and I found that spot here. So you said you have been uh, four months, right, of sobriety. Awesome. How long have you been attending meetings? Um, my anniversary of attending meetings actually is February 20th of 2015. Uh, so I've been attending quite a few meetings. I attended mixed meetings to begin with and then... Though I was comfortable in those meetings, once I found the women's meeting, I felt at home. I felt encouraged and inspired by the words and the actions and just the welcoming spirit that I found. Mm 
Um, so you said that one of the one of the greatest tools was that you felt encouraged to come back and loved and wanted to come back, right? So the women around you were supportive in that way, right? But was it still hard for you to come back after that? Definitely. I I found the joy in accountability um, to the group that I regularly attend. And that was, I have mixed emotions around that. I have the accountability that I wanted to um, talk to people who understood and would really want to help me to look honestly at myself. But then I had the shame of if I did relapse, I'm like, oh, how do I face these people? They love me, but I still have this shame. Um, so the fear of judgment was there, but it was always dispelled as, as soon as I walked through the door. Yeah. How did, so you said it was dispelled, like did, was there personal work you had to do to get through that shame or was it mostly just the women were just really encouraging for you? At first, it was more of an encouragement thing, and I liked that. And as as I started to want to work the steps and want to run after my recovery like a man on fire, I started to do the personal work, and I started to say, okay, I have to write this down, and I have to own it. Um, so I'm on the journey to connecting to my own story right now. Awesome. Do you? So what does your program look like? Do you have a sponsor? Yes. So again, what's the hardest and best part of having a sponsor for you? Uh, the best part of having a sponsor is having someone who can relate to me in the deepest, darkest recesses of my memory and my experience. Um, just having someone to talk to who will never judge me and will never shame me into thinking I'm a bad person. Um, the hardest thing is uh, knowing that the only person that will understand me is the hardest person to contact because that phone is really, really hard to pick up sometimes. But it's always worth the payoff when I do. Yeah. What, um, I'm, I'm curious about this whole like connection thing, mm. you know, like, because I think as women particularly, we feel really isolated in sex addiction mm -hmm. for a lot of the stereotypes that come with sex addiction and a lot of other things. So you mentioned that you felt like the phone was really heavy sometimes. What, what does that mean exactly to you? Like what, what does that mean and, and how do you fight through that? I think that for me, it's, it comes from if I've relapsed and I know I have to make that phone call, the thought that maybe oh, I've done something so completely horrendous that it just blows everything else I've ever done out of the water. And I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I really, I start thinking about, okay, this recovery group was formed because we have this particular addiction, because it's uh, a mind trick that we play on ourselves saying that's, that's wrong, that's bad, that's the worst thing anybody could do. Um, and knowing that I don't want to do it is kind of the trick to, well, I kind of have to do it, especially if I want to own my story and work my recovery. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So do you have any last parting words of wisdom or encouragement or anything you would like to say? Um, yeah, for... For someone who is 
thinking about their behaviors and questioning what is normal, what is right, um, no matter what the shame is, do some more research and don't be afraid to come um, and really seek out um, other women because there are resources. And when you do come, we welcome you and we wish you the best. At least I do. I, I won't speak for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Liberty. Great job. Hi, I am Sarah. I am a recovering sexaholic. I have been sober since August 6, 2015. Um, I wanted to share what the greatest principle of my recovery has been so far, and that principle is living in rigorous honesty. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, I actually, my first exposure to um, coming into recovery was actually at this lovely podcast host's home, and uh, it was a women's um, kind of step study type meeting, and uh, my therapist had been nudging me a little bit, um, really a lot, shows my level of denial right there, um, that I could very well be an addict and I was not willing to, um, make that leap. So I went to this women's, um, meeting and, um, I heard a first step that night and made a lot of connections and, um, I made the statement, I just don't think I'm an addict. Like, I don't think I'm a sex addict. I might be a love addict. But I don't know if I'm a sex addict. I don't even know if I'm a love addict. I, I, I just don't know. And so lovingly, um, she laughed at me and <laughs> walked over to her literature box and pulled out some books and handed them to me and said that they were her gift to me. And that actually was the first of many layers of denial that have come off um, to the point where I am willing to definitely stand and say that I am an addict. And I think that rather than that label um, being some sort of a, um, a detriment to me, it has actually been the key to um, freedom. It's been a freeing way to put a name and um, some context around the things that I have done to act out and has actually brought a lot of sanity to my ins insanity, if that makes any sense. And layers of denial that have fallen off have brought me to the point where I um, have been to the point of rigorous honesty um, in just completing, uh, giving a fourth step and also doing a full therapeutic disclosure with my husband and for the first time in my life I have no secrets and I can't even describe what that feels like um, to not have secrets I lived with secrets my whole life and um, rigorous honesty is one of those principles of recovery that um, I believe that if I never got to that point I, I believe that recovery would definitely have eluded me so I am so incredibly grateful for that principle of recovery. Awesome. So you feel like you're living more in rigorous honesty. Is it still a challenge? It is definitely still a challenge. Um, I think to be an addict means to be a liar. I don't think that, 
I, I, I'm speaking for myself here. Mm. My addiction um, could not have progressed to the point that it had, had I not been telling lies upon lies upon lies. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the things that were happening in my life and that people were seeing that I wasn't seeing, I was having to cover up and I was having to lie about. So I have to say now I am definitely more aware. I do have the tendency to stretch the truth or embellish or, um, whatever the case may be, but I am infinitely more aware of my honesty. And when those times come up, I believe that when I was in the height of my addiction, I was lying and didn't even know I was lying and believed my lies. So it's, it's not quite the same, right? Like you're not maybe telling lie upon lie or things like that. But I love what you said about like embellishing the truth or stretching things just a little bit further Right. What other ways do you think you sometimes still lie to yourself or to others? Um, I think maybe some of the ways that I still lie to myself is maybe uh, giving myself more credit than is due. Um, maybe getting into crossing over into pride and um, thinking that, you know, I've got this. Um, maybe hiding behind a badge of sobriety for some length or, mm-hmm. um, or omitting things or, um, you know, I haven't told an overt lie or something like that. Um, but it's, it's something that I continually challenge myself on and I have done what, um, uh, my therapist calls circle back. And I've done a lot of circle backs where I go back to people and say, you know, I said this, it wasn't the full truth. This is really what happened. And I've actually done that a couple times just within the last several weeks. And I like that because I can go back and make that right and not just have more secrets, mm-hmm. right? Like I've just like cleaned my slate and I don't want to, I don't want to start <laughs> racking stuff back up. Right. So I appreciate the ability to be able to circle back because I am an addict. I I'm in recovery and those, um, things that contributed so much to my addiction, which lying was one of them is, um, a neuro pathway that I have to battle just as much as the compulsion or the drive or the trigger to act out. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that requires just as much time and effort on its own, um, as the actual acting out. Yeah. One of those character defects, right. Mm -hmm. That contribute actually to our acting out when we get so many lies built up that we don't know how to get out of or right right was it something that i mean you alluded to the fact that like it was kind of a layer of denial so it came off in layers like learning to be rigorously honest how long or like did you have a turning moment or how long do you think like that process took where you started to really feel like you were living in rigorous honesty um Even with my disclosure, which was that point um, where I disclosed in a therapeutic setting, I just have to give that caveat, um, in a therapeutic setting with therapists that are trained to work with uh, my spouse and I through that, um, 
I was writing my my disclosure letter um, and going through each of the acting out partners that I had and, and the details of, of what was done and, and those types of things, um, I actually invited my sponsor to come and sit with me. Um, that process was incredibly difficult and brought with it a lot of shame. And so I brought my sponsor with me and she sat with me for three hours and we went through every acting out partner and every situation. And there were certain things that I told her, I don't ever want to have to say this. And she challenged me right there and then, are you going to keep lying or are you going to live in rigorous honesty? And that was a turning point in my life and I think the freedom that I have felt from that rigorous honesty that I was so afraid of has actually opened this door to self-compassion that I didn't know I was capable of. My sponsor was just uh, loving and caring enough to give of her time and to hold me to a level of accountability that I needed to be held to and it was just that it was that three hour period. And I actually worked on that dis, uh, disclosure letter over the next several months. And I actually took it to my higher power several times and prayed to know, is there anything that I'm leaving out? Is there anything that needs to be included in this that is not so that I could really put it all out there and my higher power helped uh, bring to my memory and to um, to the forefront of my mind some of those things that I had left out not on purpose but so much so many years of acting out in so many situations and scenarios some of those um, some of those details had left me and so my higher power really was part of that process and I just so appreciate being able to have worked steps two and three to really get that relationship with my higher power to draw on in that moment of need. And uh, I just love that all of these steps work together in such a beautiful, progressive manner that when I needed to be rigorously honest, I had those tools to draw upon in that process. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. That's big. Thanks. Yeah. Any other last minute thoughts you want to leave with everybody? Yes. There is help and there is hope. And there are a lot of quirky, awesome, lovely, beautiful women that are in this together. And if there's one thing that I have found, it has been acceptance and it has been love. And I didn't know that that was possible in this isolating, shameful addiction. I didn't know that I could find such authentic, beautiful people. Thank you. Okay, so you've heard from two amazing women, Liberty and Sarah. I'm really grateful for their examples and their support and their friendship in my life. They have done amazing things in recovery, and I am just look forward to the amazing things that they have to come. 
We have one more I'd like to share with you today. This one's just slightly unique, so I wanted to just preface this. This is from um, a woman that attends our retreats named Pamela, who I have really come to enjoy her friendship and really love her. Uh, She is sharing, she's going to sing for us, and she's going to share a song that really helped her make some sense of, of her life and of things that we were talking about at the retreat. And we were we spent some time talking at this retreat, particularly about what we want to have in the future. With addiction kind of hopefully in our rearview mirror, what it is that we want to have in the future. And and she shared with us a song and, and wanted to share it with all of you. And so I'm excited for her to do that with us today. My name is Pamela and I am a recovering sex addict, I'm new to the program. I'm 59 years old and um, just really starting um, these past few months to work on things. And something in our retreat that was um, a little moment for me was a question as to um, what we wished we could see happen new in our lives, what we wanted the future to hold. An old song about my higher power came back to me just then. and it was part of my answer to the retreat question. I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely or afraid. I will change your name, your new name shall be confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, one who seeks my face, confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, one who seeks my face. I am super grateful for all the women that have helped me in my recovery. I'm grateful for their examples. I'm grateful for their friendship. I'm grateful for their acceptance. I felt so broken coming into the program and I'm grateful And I'm grateful for all the women who have stepped up to just be my friend and just love me and help me through this process in my life. I hope that you have a place where you can go to feel connected, whether that's a retreat, whether that's a women's meeting, whatever that is for you. I hope that you have a place where you can go and feel connected and feel supported in your journey of recovery. If you are looking for a place where you can feel connected, Worth Recovery is now offering group coaching programs. These new programs, the new one that we're starting with is called Igniting Recovery. And it's a four week or a 28 day intensive group coaching program designed to help you lay the foundation of your recovery program and also to get you connected with other women in recovery. 
It's great for those that are new to recovery. And even if you've been in recovery for a while and you need a tune-up, it's really great. I know as I put the topics and everything together, it really helped me to fill in the holes and to help me look at recovery in a new way. Help me check out my own program. Help me make sure that what I'm doing is working for me. Every day of the 28-day program has a specific topic that you explore and learn about. Then there's an activity that helps you apply that to your life. And then you share it with the group. It's going to require about 60 minutes of work a day. Like I said, it's kind of intensive. There's also some weekly webinars and Q&A sessions that are optional for you. There are only 10 spots. Actually, we filled up a few, so there aren't quite 10 spots available. But I want to make sure that the group gets to know each other. And so we're keeping it small. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be really helpful for women that are looking for a place where they can connect with other women and also a place to get your program started off on the right foot. This program was designed by an addict, me, for other addicts, particularly for women. I hope you'll join us. We've got a few seats left and I hope that you'll reach out and join us. All of the information is available on the website, worthrecovery.com. And you can just look on the right hand side for the big banner that says Igniting Recovery. Now, if you're not able to join us this time around, we are going to start another one in six weeks. Um, But I hope that you'll join us for this time. We've got a few spots available left. So get on the website, check it out, worthrecovery.com. As always, women, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this very moment, no matter what, you are worth recovery. 100% worth that. I know that. Please keep up the fight. Keep going. I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.